phase is locked and ready to fire, sir. Illogical. Hello and welcome back to Federation Radio. It's me, your host, Floyd, once again. Alright, so today, well, today we went over court-martial earlier in the day, but this episode we're going over the return of the Archons, which I now understand the title now that I've rewatched it. This is <clears throat> kind of a classic episode. It's honestly rewatching it, not... It's not that exciting. Like, it's not an exciting episode. Nothing particularly impactful happens. But it is a fun little look at a society built by a computer. And the problem with allowing pure computerized practicality to run an entire society of individuals who... Just the basis of being an individual creature that can think for itself are sometimes chaotic and don't fit into a computer's version of a practicalized society. Which is why... This whole episode is kind of a warning at that. This idea that society has to be a certain way and that that idea is immovable, this episode shows perfectly, doesn't work. Because not every person is the same. And if you don't allow for that in your society, eventually it will either die or it will break. One or the other. So this episode starts... It's actually very well um, shot, very well written... It really builds up the suspense. Like, at the first, before the intro... Sorry, not the intro. I suppose you could call it an intro, because every episode they have, like, a little scene or two to get you into it. And then they play the Star Trek intro, where the intro music kicks in. And then they go to the episode after that. So, at that start bit, we got Sulu and a man named O'Neill, who I don't think we've ever seen before. But O'Neill and Sulu were on a scouting mission on a planet. They were wearing, like, old-school brown suits... Which from the start tells you that, you know, this is an infiltration mission. They are obviously trying to look like the locals, infiltrating some kind of, like I said, 1950s-ish, actually, maybe even earlier. The town had, like, dirt roads and they were all wearing suits, so maybe it's more like 1890s type looking place. I don't know. Somewhere in that in that range, 1880s to, like, 1920s-ish, I'd say. I probably wouldn't put it anywhere past that, just by their technology and clothing. Now, it's not Earth, obviously. These are meant to be aliens, but they look very much like humans, like a lot of Star Trek aliens. But uh, the thing we find weird from the start, Sulu and O'Neill are running. They're talking about how something's gone wrong, they got the others, what do we think's going to happen? And then we see dudes that look like stereotypical cultists. They're like dudes in robes with some kind of... looks like a staff of some kind coming towards them. I mean, in the end, it ends up looking like a hollow pipe, but when they first approach, it just looks like rogue men with a very long staff start approaching. O'Neill freaks out, runs off. Sulu holds his ground. And at that moment, one of the guys with the pipe actually hits Sulu in the shoulder with the pipe. Not hard, not trying to hurt him with it. He just, like, taps him on the shoulder. We see... I don't know if it's a spark or a mist. We see something. We can tell there was an effect from it. And then Sulu almost gives this euphoric smile, like he's either been brainwashed or drugged or something's just happened to him. Like he's not in his right mind right now and he's just like, yeah. And then at that moment he gets transported because right before all this we saw Sulu call in for emergency transport to the bridge and the captain's freaking out. O'Neill runs off, like I said, we don't know what happened to him, but Sulu gets beamed up exactly after this happens. So Sulu appears on the ship and he's just in this position. He's weird. He's smiling. He's talking about something called Landru and asking if the others are of the body. Then he gets really angry and says, you are Archons. You are not of the body. 
which is creepy. It sounds like cult talk. You don't really know what has happened, but you know something's wrong. They call the doctor in. The doctor can't seem to find much wrong with him. Not really sure what's happening, but he says he'll look into him. Then the episode starts. So, like, the intro kicks in, and then we get into the real episode. So, like that, if I saw that, and then they launched an ad break, I would 100% be sitting there on my couch waiting for the next part of the episode. I want to know what happens. That is a really good opening to an episode that really grabs your attention and makes you want to know what's happening and makes you ask questions. And as any good story should be, the intro should be like that. The intro should leave you going, I don't know if this will be good or bad, but I'm now interested enough that I want to see how it ends. Any, Any good book, any good show should have that. And they do. So they do the intro, and then we get into a whole... Kurt goes to the planet, and I'm not going to do a step-by-step of what happens, but... Basically, this is a planet where they've taken the old idea of a computer, who is Landrew, we find out. Landrew was probably a man who lived about 6,000 years ago in this world. He created a computer, and the computer now calls itself Landrew. The word of Landrew, the body of Landrew, all that sort of you know, stuff. It does use, I guess it's holographic, they don't really explain how it works, but we do see, like, a physical representation of Landrew a few times, because obviously the citizens down here aren't aware that Landrew is a computer. They are all being affected by... It doesn't really specify how. It doesn't... They use sound waves at one point to knock Kirk and all the others out and imprison them. They're using some kind of heat waves, is what Scotty back up on the ship describes, are hitting the ship. And he says that the ship will be dragged down within 12 hours if we can't get out of here and we're no longer able to go to warp while this heatwaves are on us. So whatever this Landry computer is, it's powerful. It has access to some very powerful technology, the capability of bringing down starships, knocking people out using sound waves, apparently brainwashing them or giving them constant commands or control into their brain. I'm not sure how. I don't know if it's using drugs. I don't know if it's implanting them with other stuff. We do see there's a chamber where they call absorption, where their enemies of Landra are supposedly absorbed into the body, as they call it. And it seems like your individuality is largely stripped away from you while you're up against this wall with lights on you. Kind of reminds me of that episode we had earlier where there was that machine where Kirk found in the prison system they were trying to basically brainwash people. It looked very similar. They were like strapping them to a wall. There's a little chamber with like a glass fishbowl looking thing where one of the operators will stand and do something to you. And when you come out, you become, well, like what happens to McCoy and everyone else here, you become this cult-like, very happy, oh, are you of the body too, my friends? Joy to you from Landru. And all of that really inhuman, kind of creepy to see behavior. Now, of course, Kirk and Spock actually get rescued by a man named Marplin, who is apparently a part of the resistance cell against Landrew. There aren't many of them, but they play the part. They act out their role. They make it seem like they're under Landrew's protection, and they do whatever they can to try and disrupt Landrew without directly fighting him, because they don't know what else to do, and they are obviously the minority. But they have basically put all their hopes on Kirk and this crew to be like, if we're ever going to get help, it's going to be from you. So Marplin steps in, says that he is to take over their watch right as they're about to brainwash Kirk, and he lets Kirk get away, tells Kirk to play along, pretend you're brainwashed, act like everyone else, I'll do the same thing to Spock, and then after that, I will come and talk to you and give you some answers. So that's what they do. You know, they end up determining throughout this time that, yes, they do believe Landrew is a computer, just based on the logic, because a couple times they challenge the authority. And the authority 
It's almost like it's delayed. It has a pause in logic where they have to stop. It's like the individuals that they're questioning, these guys in the robes, the lawgivers as the locals call them, seem to have a delay, almost like a computer when you ask it to do something and it doesn't have the data to do so and it has to stop and quickly go through a data bank trying to work out what you're asking for and whether it can actually give you an answer. Unlike a human who sort of gets confused or emotional, they just kind of froze when their authority was challenged because they're so used to does not compute. Someone follows authority. If they do not follow authority, it is obviously because something has gone wrong and they need to be reabsorbed. So when Kirk openly says, we will not be absorbed, it kind of froze because from what we can tell for 6,000 years, there's been next to no actual resistance. The computer barely knows how to handle this. It had a data block, had a bit of a delay in its logic to be like, um, what? It gets confusing. But yeah, it's this idea of a computer running a society. And that is indeed what happened. The computer is being ran. A man named Landrew, who was probably a peace giver, probably meant for this computer to do good things. It was probably this person's way of trying to order society in a way where they would stop fighting, stop using their technology to damage their environment and each other, and be happy and peaceful and tranquil. The problem is, that Landrew died, the secret of the computer died with him, and then for like 6,000 years, this computer just kept trying to fulfill its base coding to bring peace and stability. So anyone that acted in a non-organized way, in a chaotic way, was no longer seen of the body. Because all of you, all of these people, I was going to say humanity, but like all of these people are of a body, they are of a community. And if, a com- and if you tell a computer with just cold hard logic that you want a stable and safe community, it does that in a very cold and logical way. It looks at people, people who are individual, even if they're just expressing themselves in a different way or doing something a little differently. The computer sees that as, no, this is not harmonious. This is not how everyone else is doing it. This is not how a stable society works. So they'll reabsorb you. They'll cut you off. Like, they even talk about, at one point, they said that the crew who had come down, Kirk and that, were so disruptive that everyone who had come in contact with the crew was going to be purged the memories of everyone else about those people were going to be purged, all to restore stability to the body of Landrew. Which, ooh, that's, that's cold. That's real. That's when computers and government can get to a level of true fear. And that's what, you know, most sci-fi where the computer goes rogue, usually it's an AI. An AI trying to fulfill some kind of mandate like that becomes self-aware and does the only thing it knows how to do. Of course, we, as non, non-stable non humans who are a little all over the place, tend to have a few different ideas about that and not be too impressed living like that. Because you can't treat people, frankly, like they were machines. You can't just get a person who doesn't fit in society and just recycle their parts and make them more useful. They're a person. You know, you can't do that, but computers don't see that difference. So you end up in this weird, weird area. So... Kirk basically determines, damned be the first, or damned be the prime directive, this society is not developing on its own. As he says, this society is dying. Landrew has caused all individuality to be crushed, and without individuality, all you have in society is a slow degrade. Because without individuality, there is no creativity. Without the freedom of individuals, you cannot have creativity. And without creativity, a society will eventually fall apart. Because eventually it will face problems that it doesn't know how to solve. And if no one has solved those problems before for Landrew to have the data set, because they're not creative anymore to think about these problems and come up with these solutions, 
then you end up in a eventual death. Slowly it will kill people off, like it would have killed Kirk, it would have killed a bunch of people. Those people may have had children if Landrew had asked, but they probably wouldn't have enough. Those children wouldn't have ideas, and eventually a society would collapse anyway. So as Kirk says, this is not a healthy, growing society. This is a dying society. It is my duty to fix that. So he works with the Resistance. They take him to a room where supposedly people talk to Landrew. Now, when they get to that room, Spock works out that behind one of the walls is Landrew, and he's right, that's where the computer is based. And they basically get into a circular logic of what I just said to the computer of, you cannot fix the body, the body cannot be healthy without creativity, Landrew has killed creativity, Landrew is bringing disharmony to the body, the body is not healthy, Landrew is the problem with the body, the body cannot be made healthy without Landrew. And he keeps that circular logic going, which with a non-self-aware AI, is enough to break it. Even with some self-aware AI in a lot of stories, that is usually enough to break it with circular logic like that. Because humans and other aliens have the capability of taking an argument like that and going, that's interesting. And then for the most part, it sort of gets pushed into a philosophical argument of depending who you are and what you value the most, you look at it in different ways. But it becomes more of a the cold hard fact is that they're right, it is circular logic, there's no way to actually have an answer to this. So we just move on and hope one day that perhaps with better understanding of the universe, one day we may have an answer, but for now we don't. Computers are incapable of that because a line of code cannot be left incomplete. Because a line of code left incomplete is an error. And computers do not understand that. That's where context is so important. And as I said, in the modern day, computers and algorithms, they run our social medias, they run a lot of things, and, well, we're still wrestling with those exact problems. Algorithms are unable to see context. In particular, humor gets attacked a lot. Because a computer cannot tell the difference between you making a joke and you saying something racist. Now, look, I'm a wog. I've got, you know, olive brownish skin. i got a long beard. I'm allowed to put a tea towel on my head and make a joke. I'm allowed to joke around with my friends and make some kind of sounds. And that's not racist. That's just me being having a bit of fun. Now, if I had an Arab friend who did wear a turban, and I was saying, you know, calling him names about the turban, that would be racist. Now, me and my friends and that person are all capable of taking the context of the moment and separating the humour from that logic. Computers are not, which is where with modern social media you run into the problem of I make a joke with my friend, suddenly I'm banned from using social media for 30 days because the automatic algorithm in the computer has registered these words, determined that I have been on a racist comment, and banned me. I am then incapable of defending myself because the algorithm says I am something that I am not, because I made a joke that in context makes sense, but out of context with the computer doesn't, and you see the problem we run into. And that, for us, is on a small scale. For us, it's social media. Like, realistically, worst case scenario, I get banned from social media for 30 days, maybe the account gets deleted, eventually I make another one or I go to another platform. It's really not that big a deal to me. I wish it didn't happen, but, you know, it happened. Now, in this case, in the Landrew society, it's far worse because their entire society and morality system is being built on, controlled, and punished by Landrew and that basic algorithm, which is what people fear in the modern day may end up happening because we're already sort of moving that way. Companies like YouTube and Google 
so many hundreds and hundreds of hours of footage is uploaded and thousands and thousands of gigabytes of data are uploaded every day to these places to a scale that you couldn't hire. It is actually not possible to hire enough people to go over every bit of that data to look at the context, which means you need some form of computer system to do it, which is why these algorithms exist. But then you get back to the conundrum of context matters and computers are incapable of understanding context for the most part. We're getting better at programming some of them in some contexts, but sometimes they're still not good. We're seeing a lot with the self-driving cars now that like, yes, it understands how to limit the problem of deaths and how to do certain things, but there's also problems with it in all the testing phases. It's still having issues with certain things about context. Like I saw something not long ago where one of the self-driving cars determined that it was better to drive off the road, and this was a test, so it was all dummies, but they, like, the computer suggested that it was better to run the car off the road and kill four pedestrians who would have been on the footpath than it was to have a head-on collision with a car that had one person in it, because the computer determined that the closing down of the road would have further knock-on economic problems, could potentially cause more car accidents on either side and delay the road on both sides, and so the computer determined that it's better that the car goes off the road, even if it kills four people. Now, whether that's right or wrong is, again, more a matter of philosophy. It's the classic train car. You know, is one person, you know, a train is coming towards a part where it's going to split into two tracks. You're holding the lever that splits the train from one track to another. There's one person laying on a train track, four people laying on the other train track, and you're standing there with the lever, and people say, What do you do? Do you pull the lever knowing full well that you've condemned that one person on the track to die, but you do it because if it goes that way, one person dies rather than four? Do you send it the other way? Some people make it more complex where they're like, all right, now let's say on the other track with four people, they're four strangers, and one of them is your child, and the one on the other track is your child. Now what do you pull? Some people say that they wouldn't touch it at all and they just let nature take its course because that's the least evil option. Some people say pure practical logic like a computer would probably do to say, hey, one is better than four deaths. Some people are masochists and they think we should kill the four because that would accelerate the end of society and in their mind that's a good thing. Like I said, people are complicated and depending where you come from, your upbringing, your different priorities, you're going to look at all these things very differently. And this episode brings up that argument in a beautiful but very dark way where that sort of computer system and algorithm has literally overtaken a society for 6,000 years. And, and by the way, like I said before, remember I said at the start, this society is seen to be like 1880s, 1920s-ish technology. That's because Landrew has determined that the high-tech stuff that they had before, because we know they have it, down in Landrew's like lab, like we see, they have electronic panels, they have things that are beyond even what like we have today in the modern world, but they don't use them anymore because Landrew has determined those technologies can be harmful and therefore, because they have a chance to cause harm, should be banned. So he's basically reverted society back a few generations and then for 6,000 years held it there. It'd be the equivalent of today, let's say a Google algorithm, <coughs> sorry, a Google algorithm took over and just banned all modern technology. No more computers, no more phones, no anything got rid of cars and took us back to a pre-industrialized society and then used its power to hold us there forever. Some people are probably jumping with joy for that. Some people like me who like technology and 
Even though I recognise there are problems with it, I tend to believe that those problems can be fixed going forward as long as humans continue to have a way of defending themselves through courts and things like that. You know, so long as individual rights can be respected, I think eventually the technology can be fixed, can be changed, and hopefully one day we'll get to a point where it is able to tell the difference between contexts, and at that point it could be a great boon to society. I don't think you should throw it out just because of the dangers that could be inherent with it. As people point out all the time, cars kill more people than almost anything else on the earth, and yet very few people are trying to ban all cars because we recognise cars are a tool. We've done things like we're trying to make self-driving cars that will make less accidents happen to make them safer. These days most cars have airbags and safety systems that they didn't have a hundred years ago, and much like that with computers. Yes, right now we have the potential of Landrew-like computers becoming a real problem, but we also have the chance that once these problems are fixed up and once the context and all of the slow trials are done, they'll be able to push us forward even further. We'll have computers like later on in Star Trek where they're not fully self-aware but they're strong enough to make their own decisions to think on our behalf and to actually be a real boon to our society and help us do what we're trying to do. But this is, you know, this is a really good episode, kind of like the last one actually where we had the computer system telling Kirk that he was guilty even though the person who he was guilty of killing was still alive but the computer had been reprogrammed by him you have that problem too you know Landrew could have for all we know actually been a cultist or some kind of extremist in his day who used his computer to seize power but it's been 6,000 years so on this planet no one actually knows the history we don't really know how Landrew took power could have been peaceful Maybe Landrew was a governor at some point and decided after a war that this was the only way to make peace. Maybe he never intended for it to go this way, and after his death and his ability to edit the computer left, there was no way to stop it, and it just went out of control. That's the kind of interesting thing about this planet is that we don't know. And the reason they say, you are of the body or you are the Archons, is because we find out a hundred years beforehand the USS Archon crash-landed on this planet. So presumably the Archon had less technology than Kirk and that had, so their ship was probably brought down a lot faster. It didn't last 12 hours. It probably got attacked immediately and brought down. And their people, being individuals from the Federation, didn't really like this idea of living under this almost hive mind type society run by, well, they didn't know it was a computer. They probably thought it was some kind of cult or telepathic being or something like that, like we did at first in the episode. But even if they determined it was a computer, they didn't seem to have the power to stop it. Now, the Archon, if it's anything like the Enterprise, probably had like three, four hundred people on it. So when they say, you are not of the body, are you Archons? What they're really asking is, are you free thinkers? Are you free thinkers in Landry's society? Free thinkers are a danger. Are you Archons is basically asking, do you think for yourself? Because thinking for yourself is dangerous. Now, they don't really go into the Archons much. I kind of get the feeling like the guys from the Resistance sort of comment that the Archons were all mostly killed. Lots of people were killed and purged. Those who could not be observed were killed. Though it seems like Archons technology was probably destroyed. Probably burnt away, buried, whatever. All the people killed, memory of them removed. Like, there's no survivors. I don't think you're going to find any children of these people left on the planet. But they managed to rescue them, and in the end, Kirk determines that they're going to leave behind a bunch of psychologists, a bunch of admin staff, and some scientists, people that are going to help these people start to progress again. Because they've basically been stuck in the Stone Age now forever, because of Landrew. And at the end of the episode, 
through the circular logic, Landru explodes. He's, well, not explodes fully, but his insides get damaged to the point where his logic circuits are just going out of control. He can't understand. He, he's stuck in that circular loop until he just fries. And now they have to govern themselves. Like, we actually see the robed guys come running into the room going, Landru, please guide me. And they go to defend themselves at first, and then Spock holds his hand up and says, no. They've had his guidance for 6,000 years. This is maybe the first time since they were first born that they have to think for themselves. They're more scared than they are, you know, angry. Which makes sense. And that's, you now have a whole planet of traumatized people that have lived their whole life under a centralized government who has literally been in their brain telling them how to live and what to feel and what to do that all of a sudden have creativity again and individual freedom. Like, what do you do with that? Well, you... Just try and stop that going crazy. They land a lot of people, like I said, psychologists and admin staff to help them. Reteach them their old technology. Teach them to be individuals again and keep them alive. Until they can, you know, rebuild their society in whatever image they want to build it in. Now, I'll also say, there is an animated show that's kind of a part of modern Trek called Lower Decks. It's fun. You know, it's not a perfect show, but there's a lot of things in it that I really enjoyed. And I'll say... This is actually one of the planets that they return to. We actually, I don't remember what happens, but I remember that they come back to the planet where Landru was a thing, and they actually meet these people again. So, if for, for us, here on Federation Radio, it's going to be a very, very, very long time before we get to Lower Decks. Two episodes a week, I mean, we got so much to get through before we even get up to Modern Trek. And when we get up to Modern Trek, I don't think Lower Decks is the first show I have to cover, because I'm doing this in release order. Which means, I believe, Discovery would be the first of the Modern Treks I'm going to have to cover, other than the JJ movies, which I will cover eventually. So, you know, just so you know, in the far-flung future, probably a year or two at least from now, probably more really though, we'll be getting to an episode where we revisit this planet. And I personally am looking forward to that. And when we revisit this planet, I'm going to try and get out my notes from this episode and we'll talk about it. And hopefully by then we're a much bigger community. But if not, I'll have created something that by that point will be hundreds and hundreds of episodes long. And I hope a few of you listening now, who at that point will be the OG listeners, will still be around. Now... That's it for this week. This episode will be coming out on Sunday. The last one was posted as soon as I finished editing it on today, which is a Wednesday. And I'm just going to go ahead and say that next week, I am so excited for next week, to the point that I'll probably end up recording the episode in the next couple days before Wednesday and schedule it to come out on Wednesday just because I really want to watch the next episode. If that gives you any indication of how excited I am, Because next episode is probably my absolute favourite episode of all of original Star Trek. And that's not even a joke. I think of these three seasons, this next episode we're going to watch is my absolute favourite. At least in my memory right now. When we finish the series, maybe I'll feel differently. Maybe looking back at my notes, I'll find there's a different episode I liked more. But right now, the next episode, which is called Space Seed, which is the prequel of the Wrath of Khan movie. Not to give too many spoilers, but... That's up next, and I'm looking forward to it. And after that is A Taste of Armageddon, which is, while not my favourite episode of the original series, I will say, another brilliant episode. So next week, the two episodes we cover are going to be two of the best of probably original Star Trek in total. 
But anyway, to not jump too far ahead, that's the end of The Return of the Archons. Thank you all for listening. I will see you all next time. And I just want to re-indicate one more time before I finish that this podcast can be found on most podcasting platforms. Feel free to send any emails that you would like to the email address that should be under the podcast on all platforms in the details section. Feel free to have a look. And also, this podcast is now being uploaded to YouTube on my channel called Chateau Gallia. Well, Musings from Chateau Gallia, which is my little YouTube channel where I, Floyd Gallia, of my home, which I call the Chateau, talk shit. Right now, the, that channel is mostly, it's got a few little vlogs and things from me. There's not a whole lot, but it is a centralized place where I hope to put this podcast and any podcast I might do in the future, along with all these in a video format. So if you prefer YouTube to Spotify or whatever... It is now uploaded there too. Feel free to go on, drop a comment if you want. I'm happy to respond to them. I'm happy to respond to emails, anything you like. Thank you for listening.